0: button here we we were asked one time uh, I was given a message in at the jail and uh, we were asked uh, I was in there with Brian Hedges so it was right at the first it was like 2005 and uh, one of the guys just asked you know what what do you do And and I was the leader. I didn't give a very good answer that day. But you know, what do you guys do to encourage you or keep encouraged? Or and uh, anyway, I, I feel like I maybe got a better answer now. But. Uh, You know, we we mentioned several prayer requests, several uh, issues, uh, even in this class, and all of us probably had several other things, but uh, it's in in, uh, Colossians 3, I think it's verse 2, where it says, to set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, and I, I really feel like that is the answer. If you're down today, if you're discouraged, if we can just set our affection on things above and not on things of the earth cuz uh, you know the the here and now will uh, fade away and and uh so let's think let's think of, let's think about the things of the lord today you want to so uh, hey dory hi <clears throat> been, I, I was thinking about
1: that like, this week
0: uh-huh we're you
2: know.
0: well, good well we're we're going to look at uh Jeremiah 47 in just a minute, but I wanted us to. uh, There's only seven verses in this chapter, but let's all look at 2 Chronicles and kind of get a running start at our time today in Jeremiah. But look at 2 Chronicles because it actually mentions Jeremiah. So, uh,. I think I had it yeah and I'm going to draw just a little bit of a timeline on the board so we can kind of picture what we're talking about and uh, there's a handout back there Uh, does everybody have a handout? Uh, Dory I think I put one for you in that chair right there but uh, Thank you. I'm going to draw this up a little higher today. But uh, I'm not going to draw as much information. But <clears throat> it was around 606 BC. <clears throat> this is uh, 600 years before Christ. And uh, this was this is when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, it was it was his first year as king of Babylon, and he uh, indeed uh, besieged Jerusalem. And just a few years later, or a few years before that, he he conquered the Assyrians. And so th- this is like the world power. And uh, he, he was really the world power of that day. And his father had defeated the Assyrians. And this is his first year of king, uh, being king of Babylon. But he he captured uh, he took seizure. He 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 went up against Jerusalem, and and let, let's all look at it's the last chapter of Second Chronicles, chapter thirty six. Yeah, I didn't tell you that, did I? No. Sorry about that. But there's a prophecy here that the Jews would be captive in Babylon for seventy years. And what's kind of interesting is sure enough it was in the year I think it was the year 538 that we uh, get this right that a guy named Zerubbabel Uh, you know, sure enough, seven, there 70 years had passed, and he went back to build the temple that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed. But let's all look here in Second Chronicles 36, <clears throat> and let's begin at verse uh, 19. And here the Bible says, let me get my glasses on so I can see what it says. And they burnt the house of God and break down the wall of Jerusalem and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia we'll talk about that in just a minute and then he says to fulfill the word by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath for as long as she lay desolate she kept Sabbath to fulfill three score and ten years so that's 70 years isn't it and then uh, somebody read verses 22 and 23 for us to finish this out
1: Now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and he hath charged me to build him and house in Jerusalem which is in Judea. Judah, who is there among you of all his people? The Lord his God be with them and have him go up.
0: Thank you, Pam. So, see if I can make this make sense. Cyrus became the king of of Persia in about 559 and about 20 years later Cyrus defeated Babylon and he told the Jews to go back and build their temple so about 70 years after King Nebuchadnezzar had uh, had captured it or uh <coughs> I want to get all this this right. To me, this is really cool. Just how the years work out. So, so Babylon was in power for uh, you know seventy or eighty years. Here, they were the world power, and uh, during this. Cyrus was a king for 20 years, and he defeated the Medes, and so sometimes you hear it called the Medo-Persian Empire, and so in this 20 years, he became a world leader, and in about 539, the Persians conquered the Babylonians. And Cyrus felt a calling on his life to let the Jews build their temple and go back to the land. <clears throat> and uh, so so one thing that's, that's really... So this is kind of cool to me. Hopefully it is to you too. Zerubbabel laid the foundation of the temple. And it was finished in about 516... the temple was rebuilt and uh, this is when the temple was destroyed and so this is also 70 years so it's really cool so either either way from from the first time that Nebuchadnezzar started to fight against Jerusalem till the time he destroyed the temple in 587 Zerubbabel went back 70 years from the first time that he started fighting against them and the temple was completed uh, 70 years after it was destroyed so I don't know if you think that's so there's kind of two sets of 70 years and I don't know if you ever uh, saw that or thought about that Uh, but anyway uh, history lays that out and then uh, What I wanted to do today, today is about right here. Today we're reading Jeremiah 47. And so Jeremiah 47 takes place shortly after the temple was destroyed. And uh, before we go to Jeremiah 47, I wanted you to go to... uh, well, we're right here. Is everybody uh, still at Second Chronicles? And look at Ezra, the first, first chapter of Ezra. Is it on the same page of your Bible? Everybody with me? Let's look at Ezra chapter 1. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, "...that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah." He said in verse 3, Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel he is the God which is in Jerusalem and whoso remaineth in any place where he sojourneth let the men of his place help him with silver and gold and with goods and with beasts beside the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem so this this is an amazing statement and uh, uh, he's, Cyrus is saying not only am I going to let these captives go free We're going to give them money and gold and silver and all of our good. We're going to help them build uh, the house of the Lord. And so that's actually what happens under Cyrus. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he has died and the Babylonians have been conquered and uh, they were that head of gold and now we're with Cyrus uh, who is not only kings of the Medes but also the Persians and uh, he is now giving uh, Judah uh, back their land. And w- one thing that happens, if you if you look over at Luke chapter 21, I think this is where this is uh, captured, Luke 21, and th- there's a prophecy here. So <clears throat> I've told you that that's maybe a shortcoming of mine is trying to see uh, how uh, Jeremiah plays into the end times And you and I have compared it to our own country because uh, Judah had went into idolatry and they were worshiping false gods and they were not obedient to the Lord. They wouldn't hear his prophets and uh, it's much like our own country that uh, just continues down a path of destruction that's anti-God. And uh, we we can expect uh, no less than what the, they did. <clears throat> uh, it's in uh, Luke twenty-one twenty-four. Uh, Dave Branham, have you got that twenty-one twenty-four of Luke?
2: shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles and the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled.
0: Alright, and and who are Gentiles? What does that mean? What is a Gentile? A
2: jew
0: It's a non-Jew, so... Yes. The the Jewish people were a peculiar people. They they were circumcised, and uh, the the Gentiles are oftentimes called the heathen. And First uh, Corinthians talks about the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. So there's kind of three groups of people spoken about in the Bible, and the church is made up of Jews and Gentiles who are simply saved they're they're born again, and that that's who the church is and uh you know we we came to to a church building today, but the church is actually people who are saved they're called out assembly of every tribe and nation, but the prophecy that David read right there that uh, the last part of that verse says that Jerusalem is going to be trodden down until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And so uh, we... uh, It was probably... uh, One thing I, I saw this week who was the who was the last king that Israel had that Jews had that Judah had it was, it was Zedekiah and so he was the king when the temple was destroyed remember he fled away and they killed his sons in front of him and they poked out his eyes So either that, uh, but the thing I I heard this week was uh, Coniah was the king right before Zedekiah, and he's the one that it was prophesied that he will not have any seed, uh, none of his children would be on the throne of Jerusalem. And so uh, there's a times of the Gentiles... And what what that means is is that the the Jews are no longer uh, they're no longer a nation. They're, because even when Cyrus told Zerubbabel to come back, Zerubbabel's called a governor. He's like Cyrus is still the king, but I'm going to let the Jews build their temple. And and uh, so what happens? I think it's around shortly after this uh a country called rome was started but uh per- persia actually last until about uh around 323 I think it's or no it's around uh I think it's 331 or so to uh 323 this was greece and then, and then Rome. So, because when, when Jesus walked the earth, Rome was in power. And uh, so I just wanted to kind of walk you through some of these Gentile nations from Babylon. And if you remember, Babylon defeated the Assyrians. And before them, uh, Egypt was a world power. So Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia... Uh, Greece and then Rome and then the Antichrist will have kind of a some people call it a revised Roman Empire Uh, but all that is times of the Gentiles so this prophecy about Jerusalem being trodden down until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled uh, I don't know if it was in Emmett's lifetime Emmett you're probably the oldest here but uh oh Pam's a little older. Oh, I wasn't four and a half, and a half. years older than Four and a half. That's significant. You uh robbed the cradle there, Pam. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> well uh um, I'll
2: be eighty in November.
0: Really? No way. Yeah. So were you uh, alive in in the forties? So forty five, forty seven?
2: I was born in forty
0: two. Okay. So even in Pam's lifetime is you know the Jews became a nation again uh, at the end of World War 2 uh, is it May 18th of 1948 14th May 14th of 48 okay uh, so yeah, so not so long ago, uh, uh, you know, Israel became a nation, and I think it was in the the, the six day war of 1967 that the Jews kind of got ownership of Jerusalem, or that became their capital. So that was in my lifetime. I was born in 61, so... And the embassy moved in 2018. And, and, and Donald Trump had the U.S. Embassy moved to Jerusalem in 19, or 2018. May 14th, 2018. On the 70-year anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so there's... And you watched it that day. There's another 70-year thing. Yeah. So that was a big deal. and. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, so the times of the Gentiles are coming to an end. The Jews are a nation again. they've got their capital again, and uh, they may not be a world power, but you know th- those are things to watch in the end times. And so uh, what we see in these last we've only got five more weeks of Jeremiah, but each week kind of talks about different Gentile nations. And so today, it talks about the Philistines. And so let, let's all go to Jeremiah 47 now. And I'll have somebody read the first five verses. There's only seven verses here today. That's that's why I kind of gave a little longer introduction maybe. So... Uh, who wants to read those first five verses for us? Pam, Pam Anderson.
2: The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet against the Philistines before before the Pharaoh smote Gaza. Thus says the Lord: Behold, waters rise up out of the north and. Shall an overflowing flood, and shall overflow the land and all land therein. <coughs> the city and them that dwelleth therein. them men shall cry, and all the inhabitants of the land shall howl. In the noise of the stomping of the hoofs of this strong, of his the rushing of his steeds, at the rumbling of his wheels. And the fathers shall not look back to their children for feebleness of hand because the day that cometh to the spoil all the Philistines and to cut off from Tyrus and Sidon every temple that remaineth for the Lord will spoil the Philistines and, and the remnant of the country of Kep- Kephar Yeah. Baldness is come out <coughs> upon Gaza Ashkelon is cut off with
0: the remnant of the Rebellion. All right. So uh, there's a reference here to the Philistines and Gaza. And in verse 2, it mentions some waters that are rising up out of the north. And uh, these waters... is a represent of peoples. And uh, there's a good definition in in, in uh, Revelation. If you want to hold your place and look at Revelation 17, it, it actually says that in Revelation 17, 15. <clears throat> so the, these waters that rise up out of the north... Is a reference to Babylon coming down? Uh, who's got seventeen five, uh, Pam Jackson? Yeah. Or fifteen? Yeah.
1: 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues.
0: Yeah. So the. Uh, there 's a reference there that the waters that thou sawest that they're peoples and multitudes of nations and tongues so so when we 're here in jeremiah forty seven it talks about these peoples that are these waters that are rising up out of the north and you you've probably said it yourself as I probably have when you see a lot of people together, you say man there 's just a sea of people it's, it's like what we say, sea, like sea, like a a body of of people, and uh, you know, at, at the Royals or Chiefs, a lot of times they used to do the wave, right? <laughs> so you, you even got a wave, and and they're they're roaring, and so there's there's a connection there with peoples and waters, <clears throat> and it's it's kind of uncanny. So uh, so it's a reference to the the. So so what's happened here historically in Jeremiah 47 is the Philistines are uniting with the uh, Egyptians. And uh, you remember a couple weeks ago we saw that Judah had gone down to Egypt for help. And they become involved in their idolatry. And Jeremiah is just like, you know, Babylon's still on the throne. They're going to come down and they're going to kill us with the sword, the famine, the pestilence. And your best hope is just to escape. Just just get out of there. And so that that's uh, what's happening in Jeremiah 47. <clears throat> and uh, so all of this, uh, the, there's, men are going to cry and howl. Uh, fathers are going to look back to their children with feebleness of hands the, and it even mentions the Philistines and all that are in Tyrus and Sidon uh, Zidon shall be cut off and so what what I thought I would do here just for a little bit is to look at the Philistines because uh, it's it's important that we know uh, some of this not not just for the historical benefit but also uh, for, for our knowledge of, of the word of God the Philistines are pretty big players among the uh, Gentile nations uh, look, look back at their beginning now at around Genesis 10 look at Genesis 10 and Genesis 10 is where Babylon was established and you'll also see the beginning of the Philistines and they are are one of the nations when the children of Israel come up out of Egypt they were part of the Canaanites and in the land of the promised land and uh, who's got 10 14 if they could read that for us Uh, Pat are we I think we're to you if we're going around the room it says and cap Pat, caperson, caperson and Castellum out of whom came Philistine and Captor. Yeah, so I give you the hard word, sorry brother. Uh so this Philistine <clears throat> uh that that's where the name Philistines came from and uh, we see it in the time of Abraham and, and there's actually uh, three mentions of Philistia in the book of Psalms and uh, what word do you think we get from that besides Philistines what do you think goes in your next blank there yes Whoop! I, I spelled it wrong so I don't know if you heard uh, Jim but uh, that's, that's where you get the word Palestine from
2: yeah, they're still with us today
0: in five cities yeah yeah so we've all heard of uh, the Palestinians the PLO the the Palestinian Liberation Organization Palestine it comes from this Philistia and what Pat read uh, Philistium <clears throat> and uh, you know, I think all of you maybe know that uh, Luke and I went to uh, Israel back in 2019, and that was just a wonderful experience, but you know, you it's a little bit, some people think it's a little bit fearful to go there, and uh, just to help settle our... Uh, concerns when we went uh, Pastor Alan Shelby he made this statement he said it 's going to be much safer where we 're going at in Israel than it is to be on i think he said the west side of Chicago <laughs> that was his statement <laughs> because you know there 's a lot of murder and crime and so he thought it was safer to go where we 're going than it would be to go through certain parts of Chicago. Um but uh he went on to say that uh the the part of Israel that's dangerous today is down along the Gaza Strip. And that that's where the Palestinian that's uh Hamas and uh some of the terrorist organizations are there in Hamas and, and like Jim's saying, still today these are probably, you know, peoples that are descendants of the uh, philistines Uh, so so anyway we we didn't go near the gaza strip so when we went to israel we did not go in that area so so we did avoid the dangerous area like like you might avoid the dangerous area of Chicago or even Kansas City or maybe even Harrisonville. Uh,
2: you guys went like to the Golan Heights.
0: We did go to the Golan Heights. That, that's also dangerous. And uh it, yeah, it's up around Lebanon and in the northern parts. Yeah. And uh, we we actually drove along the Lebanon border. The, there's uh like a barbed wire fence, you know, chain link, and uh, right along the. So we, we we didn't go into Lebanon, but part of the road went along the the fence, going up to the Golan Heights. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it said. Did you see Syria. It, there? So from the Golan Heights, from uh, this. Uh, it's actual an active bunker i mean uh, there was there was no israeli soldiers there that day we were there but it, it said it would be occupied if war did break out, and, and he tried to point out that you know you can see in the distance the Syrian border, and uh, you know this row of trees is kind of a, a berm where they could hide behind, and yeah, you could, it was up on a hill, and you could see a long ways from up there. Uh, but anyway, so these these Philistines. Um, they were in the land of Canaan at the time of Abraham Uh, they were sometimes associated with these Chetherites and there's some reference to that Uh, and then I, I, I put your next blank later the Philistines were commonly known to have five major cities and five lords the Bible talks about five lords of the Philistines and one of these towns is in our text today. This Ashkelon that Pam read. Uh, what, what verse was that, Pam? Was it?
1: Uh, she read in Revelation, right?
0: Uh, I think Pam Anderson read in verse five. You see, it says, "Baldness has come upon Gaza." And it says Ashkelon is cut off from the remnant. So Gaza and Ashkelon, those are two of the cities. So I listed them out here on your handout. Ashkelon, Ashdod, Ekron, Gath, and Gaza. So so Gaza within your next blank. And you've heard of the Gaza Strip along the Mediterranean there. <coughs> And so the next little line: The Philistines captured Shiloh, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and they occupied Jewish territory during Samuel's time. Uh, let's look at that one. We, we got time. First, uh, First Samuel ten. First <clears throat> Samuel ten five. Is this kind of interesting? Mm-hmm. Good, good. First,
2: yeah, uh, we know who's from gas.
0: You know, yeah, yeah. That don't don't spoil it. It's it's coming up here. Okay. First Samuel ten, and uh, Big Dave, you want to read ten five for us? First Samuel ten five.
2: I gotta first All right. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt, <coughs> sorry, oh. meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a, a salt tree and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them and they
0: shall prophesy yeah so there's a garrison of the Philistines so I think this is around Shiloh and so a garrison is like we would call a platoon of soldiers or something like that it's it's a measurement or number of Philistine soldiers and so they were occupying the territory there and then if you just turn a few pages over uh, to First Samuel seventeen is where it talks about what uh, Jim Jim just mentioned. First Samuel seventeen, it says in verse one: Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together at uh, Shoko which belongeth to Judah, and pitched towards Shoko. And Azekah in Ephedamim 17.1 Yeah. And uh, And then verse 4 And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. So this is the chapter where David fights Goliath and so the Philistines are trying to conquer and occupy more of the promised land and their champion Goliath gets defeated that day and so during David's reign uh, he helped to diminish the Philistines and by the time of Jehoshaphat was on the throne they were paying tribute to Judah that's in 2 Chronicles uh, let's go ahead and go there we've got a couple references there we'll go to 2nd Chronicles again chapter 17 so this is uh, you know 5 or 10 kings later Jehoshaphat he was a good king and uh Emmett, uh, let me put you on the spot, brother. Emmett, do you want to read 2nd? That's all right. We'll wait on you. Second uh, Chronicles 17 and verse 11. 17:11. Now, 11.
2: Also, some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat's presence tribute, silver, and the Arabians brought and flock 7,700 rams and 7,700
0: egos. Yeah, so the, the thing I was reading to say that they're, they're paying this tribute. The Philistines are kind of under, they're being subject to the to the Jews and give, giving monies to them. If it's like a tax or something, and and uh, if you look over to chapter twenty-one of Second Chronicles, this is Jehoshaphat's son uh, Jehoram. Second, Second Chronicles twenty-one, verse sixteen and seventeen. Uh, Angie, you want to? Second
1: Chronicles twenty-one, sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. moreover the Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and of the Arabians that were near the Ethiopians and they came up into Judah and break into it and carried away all the substance that was in the king's house and his sons also and his wives so that there was never a son left him save save Jehoahaz the youngest of his sons
0: and so we see this through the, the life of the nation of Israel that as they become disobedient God would raise up their enemies to kind of chastise his people I mean that's what what Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar was called the servant of the Lord because God told Nebuchadnezzar my people are wicked they're in idolatry so you need to come take them captive until they, they learn their lesson so they get a seventy year time out and they're they're over in in uh, Babylon for seventy years <clears throat> and then in in second kings eighteen uh is where hezekiah he's a good king and he captures Gaza, so go back to the left a little bit second king's eighteen eight And uh, Jim, you want to read that? Eighteen eight.
2: He smote the Philistines, even unto Gaza and the borders thereof, from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city.
0: Yeah, so this is a reference to King Hezekiah, and he's he smote the Philistines, and so they're always fighting off the enemies of the Lord, and so the Philistines were the enemies of the Lord. And then I listed three of these gods of the Philistines. And let's go to 1 Samuel 5. I think that's the best place. Yeah. Let's go back to 1 Samuel 5. Go to the left a little bit. This is a good exercise. Mm-hmm. Sherry, do you want to read for us? 1 Samuel 5, the first... Oh, wow, seven verses. Oh my! Oh my. <laughs> I'll you, that's a okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll read it. I'll, I'll give you an easier in here in a minute. 1 Samuel 5, we'll read the first seven verses. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from <clears throat> Ebenezer unto Ash, Ashdod... When the Philistines took the Ark of God, they brought it unto the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon and so that that's what I had you put in your blank is this word here Dagon. I don't think I spelled that right. It's G O And uh, this is kinda interesting. Let's uh let's read all this. Verse three And when they of Ashdod arose early in the morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. So he would fallen over and they put him back up, verse 4. And when they arose early in the morning, or in the morrow morning, Behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. It says only the stump of Dagon was left to him. And and I'll I'll talk about... Well, does anybody have a... Like uh, uh, the word, the stump, is there kind of a variation reading in your Bible? This is kind of interesting. In in my Bible, it has kind of a center aisle, and it says it's the fishy part. So so Dagon was. Uh, Like it had a a man's head and and body, but it had like a fish... So this is like a mermaid. This is uh, a merman, I guess. So anyway, he was called the fish god. So Dagon was uh, part man, part fish. So only the stump part of Dagon was left to him. Verse 5 says, Therefore neither the priests of Dagon... So they even had priests dedicated to this false worship, nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with Imrods, even Ashdod, and the coast thereof. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, The ark... Of the God of Israel, shall not abide with us, for His hand is sore upon us, and upon Dagon, our God. Uh, so de, uh, the 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 Philistines had the this female deity ashtaroth they had this fish god Dagon, and they also had Baal or Baal Zebub. These were all their false gods, and uh, what happened is they saw how God blessed the Jewish people uh, and the Ark of the Covenant, so they stole the Ark of the Covenant thinking God would bless them, but they put it in the house of their god and their god would fall down before the ark of the covenant and 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 he he smote the people with emrods. uh some people think that's hemorrhoids i i don't know it may be i said it in my phone i looked it up emeralds it's like hemorrhoids or tumors or tumors so anyway they send it back didn't it huh
1: they sent it back.
0: Yeah. yeah, so they sent the Ark of the Covenant back. They're like Yeah. It blessed their people, but it, it was a curse to them to have it mm-hmm. because they uh, they were wanting the blessings without actually serving yeah. Jehovah God. So anyway, yeah, that's that's quite a story. <clears throat> now <clears throat> back in our text it talks about some of the helpers of the Philistines were Tyrus and Sidon and so I had you put that word in your your last blank at the bottom of your first page uh, Tyrus and it's the same as Tyre and I thought we might kind of maybe almost conclude our time in Ezekiel let's all go to Ezekiel so it's just a couple of books after Jeremiah go to Ezekiel chapter 26 so again, uh, so Jeremiah's writing these prophecies against the, the, the Gentile nations and in chapter 26 there's these first 15 verses and we won't read all of them but Look at Ezekiel 26, in verse uh, 1. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, because that Tyreth hath said against Jerusalem, Aha, she is broken. That was the gates of the people. She has turned unto me. I will... "'Replenish, now uh, replenish. now. she is laid waste. "'Therefore thus saith the Lord God, "'Behold, I am against thee, O Tyrus, "'and will cause many nations to come up against thee, "'as the sea causeth his waves to come up. "'And they shall destroy the walls of Tyrus "'and break down her towers. "'I will also scrape her dust from her "'and make her like the top of a rock.'" And uh, I'm going to go down here. Look at verse 7. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will bring upon Tyrus, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, a king of kings, from the north, with horses and with chariots and with horsemen and companies and much people. He shall slay with the sword thy daughters in the field, and he shall make a fort against thee and... uh, Cast a mount against thee, and lift up the buckler against thee. So this, this is the same prophecy that Jeremiah is prophesying, prophesying, and it's saying in the eleventh year. So I, I don't know if that's like the the eleventh year after nineteen or after five eighty seven, uh, but but sometime uh, Jeremiah forty seven is prophesying against Tyrus as well as Sidon, and. Uh, and, and and Ezekiel saying the same thing. Nebuchadnezzar is going to come against you and destroy you. Uh let's go back to Jeremiah. Hold your place here in Ezekiel. I think we're going to come back here. It's funny in uh in Ezekiel I think it's chapters 25 26 27 28 all all four of those chapters are about tyrus and uh so hold your place in Ezekiel and go go back now uh some did everybody see in Jeremiah 47 Uh, I'm going to read verse 4 through the end it says because of the day that cometh to spoil all the Philistines and to cut off from Tyrus and Sidon every helper so Tyrus and Sidon was trying to help uh, the Philistines as well as the Egyptians uh, but Nebuchadnezzar took on all these groups for the Lord will spoil the Philistines the remnant of the country of Kephator. Verse 5, Baldness has come upon Gaza. Ashkelon is cut off with the the remnant of their valley. How long will thou cut thyself? And then verse 6 says, O thou sword of the Lord, how long will it be ere thou be quiet? Put up thyself into thy scabbard. Rest and be still. And then verse 7 kind of personifies the sword. It says, How can it be quiet, seeing the Lord hath given it charge against Ashkelon and against the seashore? That That's Tyrus. There hath he appointed it. And so the, this sword of the Lord is kind of a reference to Babylon. That's what I had you put in your blank there on the, on the back of your handout. The sword of the Lord is the sword of the Lord. Here is uh, Babylon, and it's a kind of personification of the sword. And uh, and then I gave you just a couple bullet points there toward the end. You know, God's sword. I think that meant cannot be quiet until it completes its appointed task. Some people believe that the Philistines, at least a remnant of them, were deported to Babylon with the Jews. But uh, that that may be true because, like Jim pointed out, there's some pal, uh, Philistines today. But this this passage kind of shows the their end as a nation. So I, I put the word "nation" is in your last blank. So Babylon and nation are your last two blanks. <clears throat> but uh, I thought we might finish our time uh, at the top of your back page. I gave you Ezekiel 28 Let, let's go back to Ezekiel 28 for just a minute I, I said there's like four chapters here that are against uh, Tyrus <clears throat> and if I were to ask you or if, if someone was to ask you what, what, what are a couple of places in the Old Testament that speak against the talk about the devil we we could look at probably most of us would say Isaiah 14 because that talks about that's the only time the word Lucifer is mentioned in the Bible Isaiah 14 you might even talk about Job 41 he's described there but the, the, the third place we would go is Ezekiel 28 because uh, Tyrus the king of Tyrus You'll see here as we look at it. It it begins. It begins talking to the king of Tyrus, and then pretty soon it it talks about the devil that's behind the king of Tyrus. And so, you know, these are kind of abstract thoughts, but uh, it's really very clear. Ezekiel twenty-eight, verse one. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, Because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, and in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God, Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can they can hide from thee. It starts talking about his wisdom and his heart being lifted up, and then uh, jump down to verse eleven. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, "Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And then it says in verse thirteen, Thou hast been in the garden of Eden, nope, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God." every precious stone was thy covering the sardis, topaz and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald and the carbuncle and gold the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created so now it's referencing uh Lucifer or Satan, as being created, and it says in verse fourteen, "Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth." So that's not talking to Tyrus the king anymore. It's talking to Lucifer. Does everybody kind of see that? That he he was created, and he was beautiful, and he was the anointed cherub that covereth. The morning
1: star,
2: man.
0: Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, what does it say there in in, uh, Isaiah 14 it's either uh, the morning star or the sun sun of the morning or something like that Um, yeah but he was this anointed cherub, uh <clears throat> and it says thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchant merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned, therefore. I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Uh, Thou hast defiled thy sanctuary by the multitude of thy iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, it shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee, all that hath that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. And so uh, Nebuchadnezzar does destroy Tyrus, the king of Tyre, and he is a type of the uh, the devil, isn't he? And so it he goes from talking to the man to talking about the devil behind the man and so uh anyway, God destroyed him and, and I don't know if you notice there in in verses seventeen and eighteen there there's like these five i wills, so we in in isaiah in Isaiah Lucifer says, "I will put my throne above God, I will be like the stars, I will be like the most high." and uh, right here these are like five gods I will like I am going to bring you down and I will lay thee before kings and I will destroy thee and so anyway it's kind of Lucifer says I will do this and God says no I will do this and uh, God destroys him so anyway a, a lot there historically a lot there doctrinally and uh, we'll, we'll talk about these times of the Gentiles again even next week because chapter 48 is about uh, the Moabites so we'll talk about the Moabites hopefully you understand the Philistines a little better today and why Israel today is called Palestine because of the Philistines and so that that's interesting and uh, any other thoughts or questions? Yeah Pam?
2: I heard a study one time about these families that that the devil had on him, and it was in reference to the ones the high priest wears. Uh huh. And there's some missing here in Ezekiel. Okay. Thirteen, because the ones that are missing have something to do with carrying a burden, and you know the devil would never carry a burden. But
0: I don't remember huh. all that. <laughs> okay. But it was good. Yeah. So the priest had a. A breastplate that had 12 stones for each of the tribes of Israel, and you're saying that there's at least nine stones mentioned here? Is that what you're saying? Oh, mm-hmm. So three of them are different, and. No. Something or three of them are missing.
2: missing. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, makes you know for sure
0: that the. You're talking about the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But the Prince
1: of Tyre is, is a real person.
0: Yes, historically he was a real person. And I think Tyrus is completely gone today and Jesus even talks about he's telling the Jews that you know if you if you Jews would have done you know Tyre and Sidon would have repented before you guys would. Or he mentions them. Were you gonna say something else?
1: Yeah, but I'm—it's confused in my head. I don't know if it makes sense. So I'm looking at this, the prince, uh, and he is a type for us. He's a type of the devil. Yeah. Lucifer, but he's also a man. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, today for us, I suppose there can be men who are. Because you made the comment, well, the devil's behind this.
0: Problem, yeah, yeah.
1: Working behind. That can still be today. Yeah. Uh, we can have people in our lives that we can look back and say, he was, of oh, the devil, he was, the devil was working behind the scenes with him. Huh. I mean, he partnered with the devil. Yep. So I... No,
0: it's... I've never
1: thought about that before. I've made comments before, like, well, I was Hmm. two son of, you know, uh, someone who was the devil was behind him.
0: Yeah yeah well we we talk about like a satanic implant or what do you think of that
2: now I, I was just I just came to my mind
0: when Pam was talking, when Chuck was talking on the way down about how him and Dave were going through discipleship and he was talking about his first lesson and he said something about you know, you are of your father, the devil. You know that verse. Yeah. Yeah. 42. Yeah, in John eight. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so I was trying to explain to Chuck, you, you know, about how when we're lost before we're born again, we get the Holy Spirit. How we're all connected to our father, the devil. We have a spirit. Yeah. God's. So yeah. Really, we're all connected. Yeah. Those, those are those two spiritual families. Right. Yeah yeah we're uh we're only children of god by faith we by faith we accept him into our life we become god's child but yeah by default we're we're children of adam and in adam all die but in christ shall all be made alive so we need to be saved and born again and so yeah amen, amen. all right well let's let's close out now and uh i know we're just a little bit late uh but thanks for your discussion, Lord. We, we bow our heads and hearts. We thank you for this study of these. Uh, just thank you for just for an hour here. We've set our affection on things above, and we've you've uh, written and preserved these words for us to have and uh, consider you and your enemies, and uh, God and the devil, and just all these uh, forces that are at work uh, even today. And uh, so, Lord, uh, give us uh, wisdom, discernment. Thank you for the discussion. Thank you for these uh, precious words that our hero, Jeremiah, wrote for us. And, uh, Lord, just help us to be attentive even at uh, church service now, of make application in our own lives. And we'll be careful to give you all the honor and praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I guess we're signing off, Jim. Signing off.
2: Shut them
0: down. Oh, the press? Can you
2: give me that little black thing in there?